And here we are with the fantastic Mr. Figler. How are you doing, my friend? Congratulations again. Wedding's getting a bit of a habit now, isn't it? Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this year it has been very good for me. Uh, I'm doing all good. How are you? Yeah, very well, my friend. Very well. Now, interestingly enough, there's a few things I wanted to sort of go into with this. So, regards of the fights themselves, so take the Oban fight, for example. Obviously, a lot of back and forth anyway, but again, you had a very composed game plan. Like, how was that kind of mix of emotions, but also trying to keep your sport, it's a sport as well as a fight. How did you manage to manage that kind of emotions? So, yeah, obviously with Oban, it got a bit personal because I know him from uh, quite a while back. But although it was personal outside of the cage, I know that once I get in that, there is no emotions for me. Uh, I, I have a job to do, and that is to break my opponent. Uh, I don't really get into any emotional state or no emotions affect me in there. All I kind of think about is that I'm going to uh, uh, start bre breaking my opponent down bit by bit until he falls, basically. So in terms of any emotions, when I'm actually in the cage, there is none. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> the fact you said that so, you know, yeah, I break them, I kill them, that's it, done, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I mean, that's kind of the point, though. Now, regards of the breaking point, do you have a certain reference point when you know you've got someone's number? Is it like you feel a sort of, you know, the, <sighs> you just see them at their face, or is it something you just yeah. know? You can just see it. Uh, you can just see it by their facial expressions, by their eyes. Um, and then... And then the things they do, you know, um, in between rounds, I have a I have a quick look at my opponent and see how he's doing, and uh, and I can see that uh, it won't take, let's say, it won't take much longer. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Now, regards of obviously training, how you fight and that kind of crossover, is it something you try and impose within reason in training to try and like, okay, I'm going to try and exhaust you, try and break you down, or is it just all skill work and training? How do you? Build that sort of skill set. Uh, of course, it, it's it's skill because um, you have teammates, and with with, with uh, without your teammates, you you can't really train. So, uh, if I was to go in with like a vicious mindset like that into sparring sessions, then uh, uh, people would get injured, or I would get injured. So, uh, I focus mainly on the skill aspect of that, and then when I get into a fight, that's when um, the other side kind of comes in. Uh, the more vicious side of me uh, where I'm trying to actually break my opponent completely within the training room. I, I kind of use, I, I do it, but I use, uh, I do focus mainly on this scale. It definitely makes sense to try and manage that. Cause then, like you said there, without the teammates, you can't then build on your skills so you can't then expand further. And this is all that is really though. It's still skill as much as it is malicious. Yes, it is nasty. It is skillful because if you weren't skillful, you'd be able to put the pressure on in the first place. Now, with the fight preparation itself, is that part of your initial game plan anyway? Is it something you would always do as just, a, okay, I'll break you down one way or another? Is it just something you see an opponent, you think it's something you can exploit? What is, where does it come from and such? Yeah, 100%. It's, um, uh, I, I look to break, break my opponent in, in, in one way or another, and, I, and I'll, I'll try to do that. I try to dominate immediately, and then... Uh, as the fight progresses, I can I can then see and find my ways of finishing the fight, and um, uh, that's how I kind of approach uh, the fight. Um, would you like to repeat the question so I can answer it? If, um, if I can yeah, it? sorry, I've I've asked one question then turned to five questions, but yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, obviously about obviously the way of doing it sort of varies. 
but is it something you see in past performances where you think okay this is something i can exploit or is it just your general okay eventually i'll get them down anyway yes it's a it comes with experience because uh, going back to my amateur fights i i thought uh, i i think in, in as an amateur it's a stage for you to really find your style and um, and explore uh, uh, different styles and and you're fighting against different styles so i guess it's just building the experience and building your own style uh, um, and then imposing it onto your opponent now I like the way you're saying about imposing your style on an opponent because, again, you get people who yeah. are very much like trying to shut their game down, try not to deal with them as such. But it's good that, in fact, you've got your focus on you. Now, in the sense with that, then, is that something you've had to learn the hard way in amateurs? Is it something you've had to sort of, okay, I was too focused on an opponent before, now I've got focus on me? Or is it something you've naturally found works for you? Uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I naturally found that that works for me. I don't, I don't focus on my opponents uh, that much. I do uh, a little bit, but uh, I know that the fight is as cheesy as this sounds. The fight is against yourself because uh, the fight is also outside of the cage when you're preparing. You know, you, you have to put in the hard work. And then once you get in there, you're confident and you can uh, implement your style rather than if you was to look at your opponent uh, all the time or like have a look and oh he does this good he does that good he does this good you're going to focus too much on what he does good and when you come out there you're going to be a little bit tentative or you're going to be waiting for him to use that use that on you uh so i don't i don't focus on my opponent that much and with you never know with pullouts and things like that um you never know when uh, an opponent can pull out and all of a sudden the things that you've been working for for eight weeks let's say uh all of a sudden it changes and then you, and you can't do nothing really. So uh, I focus on myself and then I go in there with that kind of mentality. And that, again, is so important. Cause like you said, in pullouts, because again, you've got a whole, say, I don't know, like an anti-wrestling strategy or like, you know, defensive grappling or whatever. You do all this, perfect. You know, no Kamoras are going to get me. I'm sorted. Then, okay, sick. What a striker now? <laughs> now what? <Yeah. laughs> it's just a bit like sick. Exactly. exactly what can happen, you know. They'll be like, oh, I have to avoid the takedown. They focus on the wrestling or, or the whole camp and, and the actual, and your opponent kind of starts finding uh, ways of, of beating you in, in striking. Uh, and then you find yourself in this, uh, in this space where you haven't done enough of that to, to, be, to be confident enough to stand with them. Now, so uh, this is a very difficult sport. So you, uh, I think through experience, you just learn how to, how to deal with those things. Now, we take back to the training room there. So again, obviously you see the sort of styles you're trying to prepare against. Are you trying to beat people at their own game as such? Or are you trying to do your style against theirs? So say if there's a kickboxer, would you then try and outstrike them? Or would you just try and outwrestle them? What's your usual mentality when it comes to someone with a certain sort of style? I, I kind of believe that I'm uh, founded and I am uh, everywhere. So uh, if when someone says to me, oh, this guy is a kickboxer or uh, for, for a uh, instance, my last opponent, uh, Anthony O'Connor, I saw a little write-up because they, they did a write-up about me, and then they did a write-up again uh, about him. Uh, they just they just made the statement of um, he's fighting a submission uh, specialist. That's what they said, you know. And I'm like, you know, I don't care. I don't care if he's a, a submission specialist. If it goes to the ground, I'm confident enough that I can defend those submissions or submit him. So I I don't get into the thing of, oh, he's a kickboxer or something. I just see him as another MMA fighter. And then 
I go in there with my style and I adjust. I adjust. I adjust in the fight. Uh, I see where he's open. I see the mistakes he makes, and then automatically, to be honest, automatically, my my kind of style adjusts to beat that person. <laughs> I love that Rob was wrong way, but yeah, I'm not gonna fucking get subbed. And this is an interesting thing in MMA as well, because you get no, people no. Who, who are like, yeah, like, oh, I've got X amount of belts in jiu-jitsu, I'm this, that, and the other, I've got this skill set. And thinking, well, in those sports you do, but MMA you don't. Yeah. And this application again, like yeah, yeah. it's the whole thing of people think I've done jujitsu for X amount of years, I'm just gonna put on some MMA gloves and I'm sorted. No, 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 no. I find getting ground and powered and then show me how your triangles work. <laughs> That's the how well you get with yeah, that. Exactly. It's a a straight, straight jiu-jitsu compared to MMA jiu-jitsu. Uh, as similar as it is, it's very different, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of it, people being punched in the face on the ground. That's the main difference, you know? That's the main difference that you can get punched in the face. So you're going to start twisting for stuff and all of a sudden you're going to catch hammer fist onto your face and then you, and you all of a sudden let go. So um, uh, it's a different... It's it's it, there is differences that that's why like you said, uh, if someone is, is some sort of black belt in jujitsu or like has crazy achievements, sometimes when they when they get in the cage, they can get uh, submitted by a blue belt, and that's happened before even uh, in the UFC. Hmm. Mighty Mouse, the best white belt in the world, I think. It does that quite a few times. Some yeah. black belts, and it, that's kind of the point, though. It's like it's different because a huge thing that happens there is for people who aren't familiar with this. If you're going for a submission in just grappling, you got something you have to worry about. You're convicted, you're committed to what you're doing. If you start getting hit, you're like hesitant, and then you start doing hesitant submissions, half ass yep. stuff. And that's just when you get past, that's when you get smashed, and it just yes. gets worse and worse and worse. Fuck that. <laughs> Royally fuck that. Yeah. Now, regards of your martial arts background, did you start in MMA straight away, or were you other martial arts and then into MMA? How did you find that transition? So, when I came to this country, when I was 11, in 2007, I believe, if I remember right. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I did a bit of boxing at the beginning, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't long. It wasn't long. It was like maybe half a year. And then uh, I, I did a little bit of judo, but it's, it's at a very young age, so it's not necessarily at a high level or anything like that. So I did a bit of judo. I had the judo competition. Uh, and then I, I think I saw MMA. I've seen MMA. Made before as a very young child, um, my dad put it on. I think it was Pride, and it was like Vandalie Silva. And I kind of like, even when I was a very young kid, it, it kind of hooked me. And then uh, when I, uh, uh, so after I did judo, uh, I, w- I was watching some events, like some MMA events, and I thought, oh, I can, I think I can do this. It's, it's a very good challenge. Um, so I started training twice a week uh, at a gym in Hereford, and then all th- all throughout the week, I would do like weightlifting this is at 15 probably i did a bit of weightlifting and then me and my brother because we got in it at the same time uh we bought the gloves we bought pads and we would watch like certain uh, fighters and then we would literally go out in the garden and then do some pads and then uh we would end up sparring and then whenever we would end up sparring this (laughs) this is how how it got um we would literally spar and then we, we would set certain amount of rounds and as we would spar, like uh, just before the end, someone would get a good shot in. And then like <laughs> I would say, oh, no, nah, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. And then we would keep sparring. And sometimes that would go for like three hours. We'd spar <laughs> for like three hours because we would not let each other like get a good shot last. And then we would just uh, keep fighting. Um, 
And then, yeah, that, that kept going for a bit uh, until I uh, got an apprenticeship. So I had enough money to go and train in Worcester uh, every day. So we started going every day then. <laughs> I could imagine you're around like that now still. Like, okay, we've got yeah, five fives yeah, in the yeah, Sometimes they are. <laughs> <laughs> like me, you fucking right. You stay right here. You put your hand in the foot this time. Oh, yeah. We're getting comfy for five minutes. <laughs> you ain't going yeah. anywhere, sunshine. And that's the point <laughs> in itself. Like, how do you find switching off? Because again, being around your brother and training like full on all the time, do you find you can relax and take time away from it at all? Or do you always just love being all around it all the time? Uh to be honest, I I just think about it all the time. I don't um, I, I I maybe maybe sometimes I have to kind of take a break uh, because that that's maybe a better way of doing things. But I find it very di- very difficult. So uh, after this fight, uh, all my coaches and my brother, I had back to back camps and I kind of never stopped training. So after this fight, I'm like. Um, uh, everyone told me like, take, take some time off Mike you need to take some time off uh, so I was like I was planning on taking a week off and then after like, after I think it was about four four days I'm like I don't know what to do with myself so I, I start training and uh, I, I start getting back to the gym because I just uh, I just feel better when I'm training I just feel better when I'm training it's, it's I'm doing something you know I'm like, I went for a run this morning just to, just to go for a run um, it, it's it, it's kind of because this is the now it's going to be the next year is going to be the 10th year I've been in this sport. I kind of took it very seriously from the beginning. So uh, my body kind of every day. So when I don't train, I kind of feel lazy and, 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 uh, and I need to do something. Well, this is kind of that balancing act of, okay, you've built the habits of training regularly. You've built the habits of, you know, being switched on. There's a management of like, okay, I'm not having to do my sprints and heavy spars every day, though. You can get your sort of skill work in. You can just be in the gym, be yeah. in the environment. And that's yeah. sort of the, the art of sort of making it sort of sustainable as such. Are you mm-hmm. confirmed for the um, next trilogy in March then? Is anything on yes, the... Yes, yeah. I, I expect to be on there, yes. Ooh, okay. so, so does my brother. I believe we will be, we will be both on there. Now, when you're both fighting on the same card, how are you with dealing with that? Do you watch each other's fights? Do you try and say, okay, my fight, my focus, and then regardless of their result, we'll talk about it afterwards. How are you with that? It's, uh, uh, I'm kind of focused on my fight. My brother's focused on his fight. But uh, within the camp, within the camp, we kind of, um, uh, yeah, we, we kind of, is, is, we kind of train for the opponent let's say in some ways and then on the actual days of the fight uh, we kind of yeah we kind of separate where he, he's focused on his fight I'm focused on my fight and then let's say uh, right before the fight when we warming up and stuff like my brother would be really focused on my fight to get me prepared and then uh, talk me through things and then as soon as I finish let's say and I win the fight or whatever happens I come back to the changing room and I, I'm not like uh, coming back celebrating or anything like that. I'm coming back and I'm like trying to stay focused as focused as I can for him, uh, get him warmed up and get him prepared. And then, uh, and then afterwards, after everything is done, then we kind of celebrate. That must be so strange. Like, you know, I'm so excited. I want to fucking celebrate. I fucking work. Uh, I've got a win. I'm happy and buzzing. But now I've got to calm down. I've got to be focused. I've got to keep my head on. That must yeah, be such a yeah, strange yeah. sort of thing. Like, you know, Jack in the box ready to explode. Yeah, like, yeah. You just gotta you just gotta do whatever is the best oh, for you know and it's not only uh, of course he's uh, he's my brother so I try to stay focused as much as I can but it'd be the same with a teammate you know mm. uh, if if 
maybe it wouldn't be as much in terms of uh, my nerves, I guess, because uh, I do get really nervous when my brother fights, and I think it's the same for him. Uh, but you would do the same for your teammate. You know, you're not going to come back into the changing room and go, oh, my God, you know, uh, what a great fight I had, and, you know, start talking about yourself. Uh, there's still work to be done out in your team. So, so you kind of get back to that, and once once everything is done, that's when you can celebrate. It's good to have that sort of awareness of the environment around you, because again, it's the whole thing of reading the room. Because like you've been to many, many fight shows, you know full well, like if you're sat there warming up and people come in either celebrating or upset, you're thinking, okay, yeah, this yeah. is this isn't great. I don't like that. I don't like that energy because it makes either put pressure on you to do well or things like shit. This could go wrong. You think, oh wait a minute, I know what I'm doing. I've been here before, but what the fuck is this energy? Yeah. But yeah, it's good the fact you can think bigger picture with that. Now, yeah, when, to be honest, with them, sorry, mate. Um, when I'm in the changing room, I'm not like bothered about anyone. Like, let's say I'm getting ready ju- just to come out. I don't care if someone is coming back and they lost the fight, you know, as long as they're not from my team, you know. And then, uh, even if, if they would be from my team, I would just have to keep my composure. It's all about just keeping composure and not kind of getting into a negative mindset. So, I, I just focus on myself, um, uh, make sure I do my job right. And that is the so, so important as well, having that overall composure. Because again, it's all well and good doing it for those three fives, but it's more than that. Like you're saying, the fight is done outside of the cage. It's everything, yes. it's, it's everything you do with this. Now, regards of your mentality from that side of things, and how have you sort of, is there something you've learned yourself? Something that's come quite naturally, something that's been, I don't know, taught to you? Because these sort of things uh, are very much like, you, it's learned things. It's not things that come naturally, I feel. Yes, it's, um, it, it happens through experience through experience and through research, through research and through reading books. Uh, I, I read books uh, on fighters uh, and, and other books that, I, that I've read. There's, there's a lot of uh, information out there that, that you can use. You know, you got to, uh, this sport isn't just, uh, just going out there and fighting, you know, there's a whole lot behind it. A lot of it is mental as well. So you got to do your own research and, and, and find things out. What sort of stuff do you read normally? So I'm reading now the um, uh, marvelous uh, Marvin Hagler, uh, his book. Mm. Uh, I've also read Sugar Ray's book. Uh, and then Fighters, you know, Tyson Fury's book. I, I read I read some of them, which, which are very good. Uh, and I also read like uh, the Book of Five Rings, let's say, uh, Art of War, things like that. Okay, so is it more learning how they've handled situations themselves then and getting their sort of reference points? Because Tyson Fury's one's interesting when I've read that one and like his sort of emotions for different things. And again, obviously the depressions and this, that and the other, but more the fight shows and the crowds and everything else, that sort of side of things. Yeah. Like, is it more reference points you're trying to get from it? Is it just enjoying the actual reading itself and see what you can learn? Are you looking for something in particular? What sort of thing do you want to look for, get from these books? Of course, te- you go, yeah, I do take things from the greats, you know, the people like Sugar Ray Leonard or Marvin Hagler, or, uh, you know, I've read uh, MMA fighters as well, like Uriah Faber and, uh, 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 and other books like that. But um, yeah, you got to kind of look at the greats. I look at the greats and then, uh, and then I take things that kind of fit me, uh, uh, that suit me. I kind of take little bits from the greats and then, uh, and then I uh, adjust it. Uh, into my own game uh, or um, yeah I adjust it into my own game and then I and then I and then I use it in my own way however I inter- 
however uh, I understand it. I like that a lot, the way you can interpret the information given to you. Because again, if you take it very much as read, literally as read, <laughs> it's very much, okay, this is what Tyson Fury did, but that doesn't mean anything. But it's how I can then apply what he's learned and how he can, yeah, I like that a lot. Now, regards of going to them for their reference points, is it something that's been recommended to you? Is it something, you've, have you always been a reader? I've, I have not been a reader all my life, to be honest. But um, as, I'm gro- as I'm like growing up, uh, I've, I've basically realized that there's so much knowledge out there. There's so much knowledge out there that, that I, uh, for myself and then just apply it in, in my own ways uh, to myself. And, and, and a lot of it is... Uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for is um, it's it's some of those stories are similar similar to yours, you know. Uh, of course, not in every detail, but you can kind of gauge how how people mm-hmm. handle situations in their life and and how they overcome it, and then uh, they become great. And what kind of uh, things they got through in life. So if you have some hardship in your life, you you can kind of see that these people have gone through that as well it's not like it was just smooth sailing all the way uh from the beginning i mean that and i guess that's um, the people that interest me the most it's the people who uh, came out from the bottom you know and that's where things like the archetypal stories are so important they're sort of the not template but the structure of of a story like where things like the adversity the other things outside external factors that kind of thing you think okay how do they manage that how can they resolve these situations to say i don't know you've got a camp but your girlfriend wants to spend more time with you your, your family got bills to pay that kind of stuff and you think okay how can i manage yeah. these situations then you hear okay that's a, a relationship issue that's been faced by i don't know marvin Hagler, for example i don't know and then say okay we had to compromise for camps and afterwards yeah. we did something else afterwards something like that something a bit more okay i get the gist of where they've solved their problems where they've seen these issues and that is always an interesting one. So regards of like, when it comes to your off camp, out of season sort of thing, do you do much for a camp in itself opposed to normal training? Or is it like the Chael Sonnen thing of, you know, camps for kids, I train every day sort of thing? Yeah. I'm like, to be honest, I'm in camp all year round, but um, I'm starting to find that I, I need to... Uh, I need to adjust, adjust my training to, uh, so that I, uh, so let's say uh, I learn more out of camp and then in camp I prepare a lot. Uh, so I prepare my body to go think for me to do because I just, I just want to, I want to train hard all the time and I want to like, um, I, I want to push him, you know, and um and that that's where you that's where uh, kind of the experience comes in where you, where you have to learn how to uh, take it easy on some days and and focus on uh, drilling and technique and some days you go really hard on and um, and that's what I'm kind of working on and that's where it gets so important having that sort of balance as you were saying earlier in this when it comes to wanting to go back to back camps and just constantly being so involved in it and having to learn not to switch off as such but at least turn it down a bit to try and like okay this is my time to recover because otherwise I'll just get sick and get injured. And then, you know, I have to take time yeah. off and no one wants that. No one wants that at all. Now, regards of, you yeah. say you don't study your opponents, but do you watch tape in general? Do you want to just watch the, 
upcoming cars, UFCs and stuff for um, research? Or do you focus on your own fight and your own training? I want... Uh, uh, so, so you said that basically, do I research my opponent? How, how often do I watch him? Yeah. No, no, just in general. So like you say, you're not one for focusing on your opponent too much, but do you watch just normal cards with yeah. maybe not even potential opponents just for research or just for fun? Do you just watch fights? Yes, anyway? for research, for fun. I don't, I don't watch uh, normal TV. Um, sometimes I'll put a movie on or something like that, but mainly th- this is where my girlfriend gets, uh, gets a bit assy when she comes over because I'm like, uh, if she ain't putting something on, I'm putting fights on, you know? I'll get those fights in straight away. And she's like, oh, man, fights. You know, and to be fair, she does watch them with me as well. So it's quite it's good. kind of has to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'll start reading. This is it. I mean, this is where you sort of have to get a balance. Now, do you watch all disciplines? Or do you just watch MMA? Do you watch grappling at all? I do. I watch all disciplines, yeah. All disciplines, but mainly MMA, of course. I, I watch mainly MMA fights. Uh, then probably in, the, in second place I watch boxing and then grappling. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that that's probably it. Yeah. So with the what you're watching there as well, is it something you do? You ever watch like a notebook side by you, for example? Say, okay, oh, I like the way he did that switch, or like the way he did that setup for combinations, or is it just mental notes? Like regards of you know you're seeing these things because again this is essentially sparring without you taking any injuries. You're watching the feedback and the back and forth as such. Yeah. Do you think that do you make any notes when you're watching these fights? More, more of mental notes because I watch um, I watch certain fights many times, so I kind of just see things and and then I I kind of go through them in my mind and, and how I how I can apply them to my style. Like so, like I said before, I would watch great some greats or very good fighters and i would take some bits from their game and then add it into mine and then you know go into sparring or something and and try things out and um, and, and see how, how that goes uh, and then and then see how i feel doing those things it's all about really um how how i feel doing them it's not like uh, i'm gonna see a you know a spinning spinning like uh, some some crazy spinning kick and then i'm just going to start throwing that when when certain things don't suit me or or uh, i just won't use that you know it's it's like things you grab onto with your eyes that you feel like uh suit, suit your style i guess never say never see you doing some raymond daniel shit one day you never know mate. <laughs> yeah yeah i do get some spinning kicks in there I do get some spinning kicks in there, so. <laughs> but That's not some like crazy ones. Maybe I will do. Maybe I will do. Hey, one spinning kick is one spin away from doing a, th- a, seven, a 360. Then you keep going and keep going and keep going. That's all you need. Just keep spinning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might take off like a helicopter, but you know, it's yeah, another conversation. It. Now, before I let you go, my friend, any sponsors you want to shout out? Social medias, where can people find you? Um, sponsors to shout out is uh, PNS Decorations. Uh, and uh, Octagon Injury Clinic. Uh, these guys take care of my physiotherapy and uh, and my body in general. Um, and uh, the, my whole team, to be honest, my whole team who's, who've helped, helped me so much during the, the camps. And that's it, to be honest. And um, yeah, yeah, just my whole team. And your social media? Uh, social media is uh, Mike Fig uh, MMA. That's for Instagram. And then... Uh, Mike Figlack on Facebook.
be sure to check that out, everyone. And also check out our sponsors, The English Hypnotist, Rico Clothing and The People's IT and Fisticuffs underscore podcast on all social media.